G'day, Troy Dean here from WP Elevation and welcome to episode 81 of the WP Elevation podcast. Our guest this week is Zach Johnson from zachjohnson.com and blogging.org. He is a successful blogger and affiliate marketer. And in this episode, you're going to learn how you can focus your niche and create outstanding content that will attract an audience to you. Zach is a living example of how successful blogs can be for generating leads and customers and sales into any kind of business. The competition this week, Zach is giving away a free blog consultation with his good self. So if you win the competition this week, you'll jump on Skype with Zach and he will go through your blog and tell you exactly what you should be doing next to improve it. It's a fantastic episode. There's lots to learn here. Stay with us. Let's elevate. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. This episode of the WP Elevation Podcast is brought to you by Video User Manuals, the only way to teach your clients how to use WordPress. The original plugin from 2008 that puts video tutorials in your client's WordPress dashboard to teach them how to use WordPress, how to use WooCommerce, SEO by Yoast, how to use Gravity Forms, and how to set up and read their Google Analytics reports. This plugin is fully brandable and customizable. You can place your own logo and wording on every part of the plugin. The Video User Manuals plugin is $24 a month or $240 a year. And you can take the Video User Manuals plugin for a spin on all of your client sites for just $1 for your first 30 days by going to videousermanuals.com slash podcast. That's videousermanuals.com slash podcast. And you'll be able to access the plugin there for just $1 for your first month. And I'm very pleased to have with me this week's feature guest, Zach Johnson. Hey, Zach, how you doing? Hey, everything is going awesome. Thanks a lot for having me here, Troy. Awesome. Thank you for, thank you for joining us on the show. Um, for those that don't know, Zach is a blogger and has built an audience and monetized that audience through blogging. So we're going to talk about all things blogging and audience building. Uh, but before we get into that, um, Zach has very kindly uh, donated a prize this week, a blog consultation with Zach. So if you are blogging and you're, or you're blogging badly like most of us or you're wanting to blog better to build an audience to get more uh, clients and more leads for your business, then this will be a great prize for you, a blog consultation with Zach where he'll actually help you uh, overcome some of those hurdles you've got with blogging. Uh, So stick around for details on how you can enter that competition a little bit later on. Uh, Hey, Zach, before we start geeking off about the internet, because (laughs) we know that, you know, we both love it. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Yeah, so when I was a kid, I originally wanted to have my own comic book store or sports card store. And then I soon realized there was no money in that space and I got busy in the internet, so it all worked out anyway. So t- tell me about the comic thing, because there's, there's an interesting story. At the late, you, you, were, you were an entrepreneur early on, weren't you? Yeah, even when I was a kid, I always had the entrepreneurial mind and just wondering how business happened. Like, well, I'd be driving down the uh, in the car with my parents and I'd see billboards and I'd be like, I wonder how many people actually see that? How many people do you think <laughs> see that versus what they're paying? And it's so funny because like internet was still like another 10, 15 years away at that point. But that's exactly how banner advertising works on the internet. You're actually paying based on how many people see it. So when I was a kid, I was selling sports cards and comic cards in school. I'd buy a pack of cards for about a dollar and then I'd sell them each for 25 cents each. So I'd make good profit. And then when I was in intermediate school, instead of carrying books around, I'd be carrying a six pack of soda and I'd be selling them at lunch because all the kids would love to have soda and they would always have leftover money from buying lunch. So I always had some good way to make money and I've never actually had a real job. 
That's that's fascinating. So you basically buy in bulk and then sell individually. <laughs> yeah, and it was pretty much all profit because it was all my parents buying the soda and stuff anyway. <laughs> Uh, stealing soda from the pantry and selling it at school. That's fantastic. Yeah, right. Uh, awesome. So at what point did you discover the internet? So you say you've never actually had a real job. When did you discover the internet and, and realize that this was a way that you could avoid getting a job? Yeah, so I was a teenager in high school at that point, and it was uh, around 1995 is when I started getting on the internet, fooling around with it. And probably around 96, 97 is when I started really figuring out how to make money with it. And I actually made my first dollar online by connecting with other site owners in the AOL web diner. And I had sites of my own and I was creating graphic banners for them. And other people said, oh, I would like one of those too. Can you make it for me? And so I said, yeah, that'll, I'll make you one if you can send me a dollar. And this was years before PayPal or anything was actually out there. So they would send me a physical dollar in the mail and I would just send the banner to them right away anyway. So some people would like not send payment and I wouldn't get the money, but it was my first experience for making money online. And then eventually I found the Amazon affiliate program and started creating my own celebrity websites. And soon I was earning commissions by having people come to my website, finding it through the search results. And then whenever someone clicked on one of the links from my site and went to Amazon, I would get a commission from it. So soon enough, I was doing six figures in sales with Amazon. And that's while I was still just in high school. Oh man, that is crazy. So, 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 so what was the content on those celebrity websites? Yeah, so I had, basically back then, Amazon only sold books, movies, and music. Mm -hmm. And they were paying about 5 to 15% commission on all referred sales. So on my site, what I would do is I would say, create a page for Jim Carrey, and then I would list all of his movies. And if you clicked on any of those movie titles, it would send you to Amazon. But since I had so many different celebrities on the site, and it was heavy content with the words Jim Carrey and all of his titles, it would rank high in the search results. Because this was even before Google was around. This was when Yahoo was king. So that was ranking organically in the search results. I was getting everything for free. People were coming to the site, and then it would end up on Amazon.com. And this is like, for anybody who's just started using the internet over the past like five to ten years, this is so archaic where Amazon would actually send you email reports every quarter on what your activity was. Because now when you do stuff on the internet, you want like real results and you want stats that you can check every 24 hours. You actually had to wait three to four months to get your stats from Amazon. So how did you know that what you were doing was going to work? Like, Because I imagine that, I imagine, and we're jumping way ahead here, but that's fine with me. Uh, I imagine that putting all that content together would have taken a lot of time. Or had you kind of worked out some way to scrape all that content and put it together? Or were you manually posting that stuff up? No, everything that I've always done has always been manually. And back then it was like, I was just a kid in high school, so I didn't have to like pay mortgage and go out and do work anyway. So I was just figuring all this stuff out online, right. get home from school, work on that, and then stay up all night. And it was like, I could see that people were coming to the site and I knew that uh, everybody coming to the site was interested in what I was offering through the movies. So it was a matter of just figuring out later on how much they were actually buying through Amazon and getting paid for it. But there was other monetization methods on the site as well, which was uh, when I found out about affiliate marketing on a CPA end, which is cost per action. So I could be offering people to fill out surveys or sign up for a free magazine subscription. And I would actually earn a commission and get paid for that instead of having someone needing to pull out their credit card. All right, we're going to talk a lot more about affiliate marketing and CPA stuff as this interview rolls on because it's a fascinating world. And if you haven't, and I've, I've kind of dipped my toe in it in the past, but if you haven't been a part of it, it's kind of like, it's, it's like peering behind the red velvet curtain. We're going to talk more about that in a moment. Um, so at what point uh, did you discover WordPress and, and, and what, what were you kind of looking for? What problem did WordPress solve when you first discovered it? Yeah, so I started using WordPress in 2007 
And I was talking to some friends and they're like, this blogging thing, it, everybody, it's getting real hot and you should start a blog. And I'm like, all right. So I finally started a blog in 2007 and it was for ZachJohnson.com. And that's when I went from being just an affiliate and site owner that was kind of behind the scenes to actually putting myself out there. And the concept behind ZachJohnson.com is to help other people learn how to do what I've done over the years. And as a result, I've referred millions of dollars to site partners and other companies based on showing people how to do that stuff on my website for free. They walk through the process, they sign up for an ad network, and that's trackable to see who's earning what. And then it's been able to become a nice recurring income out of it. Wow. Um, so, uh, so, okay, how do you describe, this is an interesting question. I'm fascinated to hear how you answer this. How do you describe what you do when you meet people for the first time and they say, what do you do, Zach? How do you sum that up in one sentence? Yeah, so I have this business card and it has two lines on it. The first line is Zach Johnson. And the second line is I get shit done. So that pretty much sums it up. And I pretty much tell people I can get whatever they need done, whether it be online advertising, finding a new way to promote business, anything they want. I know the necessary people to get it done. Wow, that's a, that's a nice, uh, nice punchy elevator pitch. It's pretty broad, but it's nice and punchy. So what do you spend most of your time actually doing day to day? Are you still posting content up or do you have a team that works for you? Are you looking for new opportunities, working on strategy, what, answering emails? What do you actually spend most of your time doing? Yeah, so it's pretty much always been myself. That's just how I like to do things. And I, all the content that's out there on the internet that says it's by me, it actually is by me. Mm -hmm. And on a daily basis, I'm just working on building my brand. I'm doing new partnerships, connecting with new people. I'm doing podcasts like this one. I have my own podcast that I'm running, connecting with people inside one of my websites, blogging.org. It has its own community. So I'm always expanding on my own brand at blogging.org and Zach Johnson and Rise of the Entrepreneur. So they all kind of funnel together and I'm just continually working on them and they build up over time. And so Rise of the Entrepreneur is your podcast, which we're also going to talk a little bit more about in a moment because you've had some amazing guests on that podcast and uh, I'm frankly, I'm quite jealous. Uh, what's the one thing that keeps you awake at night about the business? About the business, it's not so much to keep me awake, but it definitely keeps me on my toes. It's always about knowing what's next because this is one industry where Google can flip a switch and wipe out a pretty much a billion dollar industry in just a second. And they've done it continually in the past. You can see what they've done to the online gambling and casino industry. If you were in the industry about 10 to 15 years ago, people used to pay $50 per click to rank right at the top of Google for online gambling and any type of keywords like that. And then Google said, okay, we're not doing this anymore. They flip a switch. They don't allow any online advertising for online casinos and gambling anymore. So that one principle pretty much applies to anyone because they're coming out with new stuff all the time. So it's always about finding what's next, how to pretty much evolve your business around it and always be ready for whatever's not gonna happen. And how, do you have like, um do you have resources that you, like your go-to resource to stay ahead of the curve in terms of like, you know, what's happening with Facebook ads or what's happening with AdWords or what's happening with SEO? Do you have like a, a stable uh, a group of resources that you go to to make sure that you're ahead of the curve? Yeah, I would just say it's the pretty much the people that I've met over the years. And I have some people that are experts in SEO, other in Facebook, but it's really always just about being out there and knowing what's going on because my company brand is now Zach Johnson. So it would be unrealistic for me to say I'm an expert in my space and not actually be out there and preaching everything that I actually do. Mm. It's one of uh, one of my sort of mentors, a guy by the name of Brendan Bouchard, who I learned a lot from uh, a few years ago about productizing things on the internet. He always says that the experts are students first. And I absolutely agree because if you're not learning 
how can you possibly, I mean, first of all, how can you be teaching something that you're not actually doing yourself? And how can you be teaching something if you're not continuing to learn it? Because at some point your students are going to catch up to you, right? Right, exactly. And I hate to sound like everybody else when they say passion is everything. Yeah. But that's really how things start out. Because like I said earlier, when I was even before the internet came around, I always had a passion for business. And then the internet did happen to come around. And I was just that diehard passionate about trying to make something out of what was that opportunity right in front of me. Other kids are playing video games and just having fun in high school. And I was building this mini <laughs> empire online. So it, it definitely paid off. But at the same time, I had a lot of friends that they want to do the same thing, but they have no interest in it. So if the interest isn't there, you're not going to find success. You know, it's, it's really interesting you say that because <clears throat> I have this conversation a lot at social functions where people ask me what I do and, you know, I, I try to explain, you know, what I do. And I've seen this so many times where someone will have an idea, like a buddy of mine wants to start a podcast, right? So he recorded a couple of episodes just on like a, an old school dictaphone and then he tried to upload them to the internet and start up a podcast. And, you know, you and I both know there's quite a few technical things, you, quite a few technical hoops you've got to jump through to actually publish a podcast online. It's not a push button thing. There's quite a few steps you have to go through. And I see this so many times where people go, they get halfway through and they go, oh, this is too hard. And they just abandon it. What, what is it you think about the mindset about people who who keep persisting and are just determined to find a way around whatever obstacle is put in front of them versus those people that just say, get to a point and say, oh, it's all too hard. Do you think it is raw passion that drives that? It's definitely passion and the sense of responsibility because you can even look at it like this. Everybody thinks they can just go on the internet and make money right away. Mm. And the truth is you go online, you can find people that are making ten to $100,000 a month with a blog or online marketing or whatever. And you see they're making all this money, you see them holding up checks or whatever, but you don't see the previous five to 10 years that they spent to get there. So everybody goes online and they're like, all right, if I don't make a million dollars this month, I'm not going to do it. But then at the same time, they have to think of the alternate course, which almost 98% of the people take, which is go to college for four years, get $100,000 in debt, work the next 20 years of their lives to pay off that debt, and then maybe eventually be able to retire. And still, they never even made a million dollars overnight, but they're willing to go through that path because they were pushed in that direction. So no matter what direction they choose, they still have that responsibility, but they have that same mindset in their head that they're going to do something, but without the obligation of having society push them and say, okay, you have to do this, or actually knowing that they're going to have a reasonable path at the end to find success. That's probably why so many people online start something and then don't keep going because they don't really have a plan that puts them in the right direction, or they don't have the responsibility of having to pay tuition every month or every year and then actually have a way to uh, graduate and look forward to something to. So most people are misguided in their path. And really those who succeed are the ones who are the thinkers and the ones who are passionate about it. And they find a way to succeed. Good advice. Um, what's the, what do you do when you're not working? How do you, uh, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you pull yourself away from the internet? What is it that keeps your head balanced? Yeah. So I, I'd like to play basketball a lot. I was actually playing this morning and uh, I play probably two to three times a week. So that's always been a passion of mine. And there's definitely ways to make money online by promoting stuff like basketball. And it's something I am passionate about. But at the same time, it's not something I would want to continually write about. It's something that I like to play and do. So it's a big difference between trying to find what you're going to do for fun and what you're going to do for business. So I like to do uh, basketball. I like to hang out with my family. I love animals. So we'll go to the local zoo. I got my dog, Foxy. She lives with us with my wife and I. So it's just all about family and really valuing the time that you have. Cool. I see on your about page, I see there's a picture of, of you and the dog. Is that, is that Foxy? 
Yeah, that's Foxy. Cool, awesome. Um, and okay, so so last kind of question about setting the scene for the business and where you're at. If there was one, if you could wave a magic wand and fix one thing in the business right now, what would it be? Yeah, if, if this was a magic wand that could do anything, I would copy and paste myself several times over <laughs> so I could have a whole army of myself working for me while I pretty much go play basketball or do whatever. Oh, that's classic. It's fantastic. It's, it's a pretty common response, actually. I think it's probably, you know, I'd, I'd like to do that as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so tell me, tell me about, um, I want to start off by... I want to start off by kind of debunking one of the myths, right? Because affiliate marketing, so let's just let's just kind of get this out of the way so that we can move on with the conversation. Affiliate marketing gets a pretty bad rap online, right? Why do you think that is? Well, just like everything, someone's going to try and take an advantage of something. So you could even say, a good way to look at affiliate marketing is, let's say you walk into a store like Sears or you're going to buy some appliances somewhere. And there's a salesman there and they say, can I help you with anything? And they say, okay, I'd like to buy this new dryer. So that person shows you the dryer and they end up buying it. Then that person gets a commission from it. And that's how affiliate marketing works, except on the internet, you don't really go up to a person. You actually just see an ad. So people that are ruining the industry are the ones who are kind of deceptively promoting offers in the wrong way trying to just get people to sign up for things without telling them legitimately what it is. And this is something almost everybody has seen online with the rebuild offers for weight loss. And it looks like an advertorial, which is like an advertisement, but it looks like it's an article from some lady saying how she lost 30 pounds in two months because she took some diet pills. And then you can get a seven day trial for just $3.95. And then when you sign up for that, you get billed like $97 per month. So that's one of the things that made the industry real shady. But at the same time, companies like amazon.com are completely clean and they're the ones who started it. So while affiliate marketing has a shady concept by some people, I'd say 90% of it is really clean and those are the people who are doing it right. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Um, and, it, and it's funny because the more time you spend in and around the internet, the more you realize the uh, the people that are doing good work tend to keep coming up in articles. They ke- they tend to be, they're the ones that keep getting interviewed on podcasts. They're the ones that keep appearing in your email inbox and they're the ones that you are magnetically drawn back to because their content is good. Um, and the, 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 you know, the snake oil salesman, you know, for want of a better term, they're the ones that, you know, don't last very long because you, you I've always believed that if you do the wrong thing by someone and you do the wrong thing by your customers, you, it's just not sustainable. You can't build a sustainable business by ripping people off. Right. And there's definitely shady people out there making millions of dollars, but they're behind the scenes and they don't have blogs about themselves and trying to help other people. So it all comes down to what you're trying to do personally. And you can try and rip off as many people as you want and make money. But like you said, it's not really a long-term business because you have to continually adapt. You have to work with affiliate networks. And if those affiliate networks aren't getting paid because the advertisers aren't getting quality leads, then the network doesn't get paid. And then guess what? The network goes out of business and the people promoting their offers are spending a lot of money. And then they're stuck fifty dollars to $100,000 in debt because they never got paid from the other people who are destroying the industry in the first place. Mm. Um, so, okay. So I want to, I want to move towards a little bit towards um, speaking about, uh, so you, you, so you had some success online and then at some point, and I want to talk a little bit more about that in a moment, but 
at some point you decided to put yourself out there as a, a, an internet public figure, right? So you started a podcast, you started a blog, you've put, you know, photos of yourself up online, you're now teaching people how you've done what you've done. Were, and I, I know I've had this conversation with so many people who just don't want to be visible on the internet at all, right? There are, there are I know many people who want to, who, who work on the internet, but they don't want to be known on the internet. Did you have any kind of dilemma about putting yourself up online so publicly? Yeah, and the important thing to stress is that this is really almost over a 20-year period because I kind of got started around 1995-96. In 2000, I was a senior in high school and my father and I flew across the country and went to our first internet marketing conference. And that's the first time I got to really meet anyone in the industry. And then in 2001 or 2002, I actually spoke at my first conference. So I was actually out there a little bit before I actually launched my blog in 2007. But once I did that, it was pretty much all or nothing. And then I got so much opportunities and exposure from the blog. It was one of the best decisions I ever made. And I can't even remember all the things that have come out as a result of it. But even the podcast, that's just another way. Like nobody wants to hear themselves speak. But <laughs> once you put it together and put something out there, you just get so much praise for it. So who cares what other people think? Who cares what you think? Just do it because that's the only way anything's going to get done. Yeah, it's it's really good advice. Um, I and I just want to dovetail on that. I someone I heard someone recently saying. I might have even been, I know who it was, it was Amy Porterfield, who, by the way, I'm just totally in love with. I just love everything that girl does. Um, she, I was listening to one of her podcasts recently and she said, whenever she makes videos, if she gets a bit nervous, she just reminds herself that it's not actually about her, it's about her audience, and that if she lets her nerves get in the way of producing content, then she's actually doing her audience a disservice. So the way that she deals with any of her kind of insecurities or self-doubt is just to keep focusing on her, her job is to add value to her audience and that is enough for her to just sort of get out of her own way and get on with it. Yeah, and, and that's a really good point because I deal with that too when I'm helping people online or I want to write a post or do a podcast or video and I start talking about something and it's just so second nature to me and it just seems so simple. But then when I talk to people, it's almost like it's brain surgery to them just because I've been <laughs> doing it for so long. It just seems so simple, but it's <clears throat> the most challenging thing that so many people are dealing with. And it, you have to remember that you only need to know 1% more than the other person you're talking to to actually be an expert at something. So your blog is quite successful, and I know that because you've launched a podcast, and on that podcast you've you've got some amazing guests, right? And you wouldn't get those guests on a podcast unless you had an audience to to promote that material too. So I want, I'm going to talk about the podcast in a minute, but first of all, I want to talk about when, when, you, when you launch the blog, the ZachJohnson.com blog, how did you know, and I'm sure it's evolved over time, but how did you know what to start posting about? Like, how did you know, okay, um, these are my first six ideas for posts? Yeah, so what a lot of people do is they write editorial content calendars so they kind of know what they're going to write going forward. And, and when people ask me a question, I pretty much just tell it like it is, and I just write a blog post whenever I feel like it. So the first blog post I wrote was actually on St. Patrick's Day, and I did that because not only was I ready to start the blog at that point, but it was also an easy way for me to rem remember what day I launched the blog and I can celebrate it every year. <laughs> and that was actually the first blog post. It just basically says, happy St. Patrick's Day, ZachJohnson.com is live. So there was like no extreme value or, any, or anything promoted from that. It was just me being me. And that's what the blog has pretty much been about. I've had several dogs and 
family members that have had problems or I was in the hospital or a dog died. I wrote about that on the blog too. Even though it's focused on affiliate marketing, you want people to be able to actually know the person and relate with the person who's behind that blog as well. Because if you go to Microsoft blog or whatever, you read that blah, 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 who cares? There's no immediate connection there. You're just trying to find that information. But when you go to a site that's like an internet entrepreneur or a marketer that you actually care about, and you're gonna search out to see if they're on a podcast, you're gonna listen to that, that's the type of connection that you wanna build with someone. So then, okay, so, and I'm just looking at here some of your oldest blog posts here, and they're, you know, like for all intents and purposes, it's pretty kind of run of the mill information. Like, you know, your goal is you want to be able to dunk by the summer, you want a new PlayStation 3, uh, Happy St. Patrick's Day, we're live. Uh, it's pretty kind of run of the mill everyday stuff. How do you then start promoting that content and start building an audience? Yeah, so the beginning of every blog. It's going to be really slow because no one's going to be reading it except probably your family and you. <laughs> so those first few posts are going to be really slow. And when you start seeing that nobody's reading it, you just have to deal with it because it takes time to grow this stuff. And blogging can eventually make you a lot of money, but it's one of the slowest forms to make money online because it's also one of the cheapest. Anybody can get a blog set up for $10 a month and they're good to go. So to actually get to that next level, you want to put yourself out there or write content that you know how to target that audience to. So for affiliate marketing, for example, I already knew some decent people in the industry so I could share articles with them that I spoke with at previous conferences. I can go to other blogs in the industry and start leaving comments on theirs. And then when I leave a comment, there'll be a link. If somebody clicks my name, they'll come back to my website. You can create infographics and then have other sites write about them. There's so many different ways. Like when I created my site back in 2007, it was a lot harder to get exposure for blogs than it is today. And granted, there's something like 300 million plus blogs today. So you have more competition, but you also have more opportunity. So one of the best ways to build content that automatically gets shared is to do interviews with experts within your industry because they're obviously going to share it. Mm. If I interviewed you or you interview me, we're going to share each other's content. So everybody that already knows about you is going to learn about me and vice versa. So that's one of the best ways to really get your name out there. And if you continue to do that, people are going to see your name and it's going to resonate in their mind with the expert that you're interviewing. Yeah, it's so true. Uh, this is the, the the podcast is the thing that has completely changed my business and and my life really because the because not only the, 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 you, look, you're absolutely right. This is the one thing I learned is that the quickest way to position yourself as someone of influence is to interview all the influencers in your space and then just get them to share that content. And, and the podcast is the quickest way to do that. But not only – I think one of, the, one of the things that people don't realize about a podcast is once you've interviewed someone, you've got their details, you generally – over time, you generally kind of keep in touch with them. And it might be – you know, it might only be once every six months that you reach out to them or you send them a tweet or you maybe email them and ask them a question and you actually – build your professional network and I think it's so good to surround it's so important to surround yourself with people who are more successful than you one of the best bits of advice I ever got was if you're the smartest guy in the room you're in the wrong room exactly <laughs> so this the one of the things I love about podcasting is just is it's a rapid way of expanding your network so <clears throat> in relation to the podcast You've got some. You've had some amazing guests on your podcast. So your podcast is called Rise of the Entrepreneur. You've had, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, John Lee Demas, uh, John Loomer, uh, Jeff Bullis, who actually was at Content Marketing World Sydney last week. I was up there and I hung out with Jeff. He's a great guy. He's, a, he's an Australian blogger. Perry Marshall, of course, the uh, AdWords King. Chris Brogan. How do you get these guests on your podcast? What is the what's the secret for getting big names like this on your podcast? 
Well, for my, my secret is that I'm personally good friends with almost every single person that's been on my show so far. And those are relationships that I've had for like five plus years. Just tell you a story real quick with how I met Gary Vaynerchuk. I was out at Affiliate Summit in, actually it was Blog World, I think, in Las Vegas. And my friend said, hey, you got to meet this guy. So I went up, met Gary Vaynerchuk. Later that night, went back to the hotel. My wife and I are watching TV. Gary Vaynerchuk is on Conan O'Brien that same exact <laughs> night. It was the craziest thing. And it's funny, I kept meeting up with him at various conferences the several, like a year or two afterwards, and we just became real good friends. And I know he's not really doing podcasts anymore, but he made the time to come on my show. And it's really personal relationships that it comes to at this point, because most of these people, when they get to this level, it's not really a money issue where you can pay them because they either don't need the money mm. or they just don't want to value their time on a money basis. But for everybody else out there that doesn't necessarily have a base to know people, it's all about building that connection and actually getting their attention. So something you can do is find out someone's favorite sports team, start talking to them on Twitter and say, hey, did you see LeBron James do that dunk last night? Find out who loves LeBron James, start talking to him about it. Then you can also link people. You can write articles about them. You don't even have to ask their permission. Just say seven reasons why Gary Vaynerchuk has changed my life. You write that article, it goes out there. He's obviously going to find it at some point. And then mm. you can follow up after he sees it and say, hey, I'd love to have you on my show. It's all about getting their attention and showing that it really matters. Because when you get to the point where you're an entrepreneur or a successful blogger, you honestly have emails coming in nonstop requesting information from you. This is that 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 kind of two minute snippet that you just gave us there is absolute gold. I uh, I actually paid good money to a mentor to teach me that exact model. Uh, believe it or not, uh, because because as a, because I, I tell you a story. As a web freelancer, right, I was stuck in a little bubble. I mean, I absolutely have no no qualms about admitting this. Two and a half, three years ago, I was stuck in a little bubble in my web freelancer world, and I didn't know anyone in the WordPress space. And we were selling software to WordPress consultants. And I knew that I had to position myself as, as you know, someone who was known in the industry. And a mentor I was working with at the time said, you know, the best way to do this is to start a podcast and reach out to all of the, you know, the top sort of 50 influencers in the WordPress space and just start building that network. And, and I, you know, I was kind of intimidated by all the big names in the WordPress space. And he actually walked me through that exact model. He said, you want to get their attention. You want to talk to them about things that resonate with them and that are of interest to them. And you want to offer them some value. You want to make sure that they understand that you could be a valuable part of their network instead of just asking, you know, hey, can you be on my podcast? Because as you said, they're going to get like a thousand of those emails a week. And why is yours going to be any different? Exactly. And the offline world and the online world are completely different. In the offline world, companies hire people based on their resume and their college experience, which really has no impact on anything anymore. And online companies don't even care about resumes. They care about what you can do, what you can get done, and your exposure and history online. Exactly. Um Okay, let's talk about uh, let's talk about CPA. So for those that don't understand, because there are holes like there are whole CPA networks. You know, I know I'm kind of jumping left and right here, but I want to just sort of debunk a, a couple of the the myths around affiliate marketing or a bit of the jargon. So what is a, what is a CPA network and how does it work exactly? Yeah, so a CPA network we can use Commission Junction as an example because they're one of the biggest ones out there. So Commission Junction Commission Junction is the affiliate network, and then you have the affiliate marketer, which would be let's say myself. And then you have, let's say, Apple, because they sell iTunes and Apple products. So Apple wants to get more exposure to their site. They then join Commission Junction to get in touch with affiliate marketers. 
So I then joined Commission Junction so I can start promoting Apple products. And I already have a website where people are coming to it. So I can say, hey, I just bought a new Mac computer and I give a review on it. And then I link to Amazon. I mean, to I link to apple.com using my affiliate link, which is provided by Commission Junction. So every time someone clicks on that link, they get sent over to Apple. And if they buy anything from Apple, I would then get a commission from it. And for anybody who's has no idea what affiliate marketing is. They're probably very confused, but it's actually very simple. And there's only three things to it. The affiliate marketer, the affiliate network, and the advertiser. Gotcha. So you are a publisher, right? Yes. Affiliate marketer and publisher partner. They're all kind of the same thing. Okay. And the advertiser would be Apple. Is that right? Yes. Gotcha. And and Commission Junction is the network that kind of is like a marketplace that connects the advertisers with the publishers. Yes. And they usually take around 10 to 20% of each transaction. So if Amazon was going to give the affiliate marketer $100 for that sale, the affiliate marketer would get $70 and then the ad network would take 30% because they are the transaction in between and managing all the stats and payments. Got it. Okay, so this is <clears throat> this is uh, and and you've obviously built a big audience because of your content. You know, good old fashioned content marketing from when you were a teenager and you're you know creating celebrity pages. Um, for those, and, and now you're doing that through your blog. For those, let's just talk a little bit about. Um, uh, and so I also want to mention blogging.org. So blogging.org is where you teach people how to start and build and monetize a successful blog. Is that right? Yeah, so I created blogging.org because I wanted to pretty much provide a premium version of what I have at zachjohnson.com, but on steroids. So there's over 100 different videos. It gives people access to me directly through the private Facebook group, and you can do it on a monthly or a lifetime access. And it pretty much walks you through the process of registering your domain name for the first time to actually building your own little empire online, having products, making money with affiliate marketing, doing Facebook advertising, how to build your own brand and everything in between. Nice. And some of the, I'm just looking at some of the, uh, the guests that you interview here, uh, Neil Patel, obviously co-founder at Crazy Egg and Kissmetrics and Syed Balki from WP Beginner. So it's not just you saying, Hey, this is what to do. You're actually bringing in other experts, subject matter experts as well to impart their knowledge. Yeah. So I created over a hundred different videos that were all created by me. And there's actually eight different modules in there, which cover WordPress, monetization. And for each one of those modules, I brought in an expert to do a half an hour interview where I asked them questions that the average person would have, but the average person wouldn't necessarily be able to get in touch with these guys. Mm. So like I mentioned earlier, once again, leveraging my contacts, all these guys were already on my podcast and I've known them for years. So it was nothing for them to just take some time and vouch for the product I created and do this little video. Awesome. Um, it's kind of the, uh, yeah, I, I really like that model because again, you you know, you've got other people coming in that adds credibility to what you're saying. So it's not just, you know, cause if you're the only one saying it, some people might think that you're just, you know, like a crazed low nutter, right? But if there are, <laughs> and I know that because I always like to have other people come in and, and sort of, and spruiks kind of a similar message to what I'm saying, because it adds credibility to, to what, you know, to what it is that we're saying here, but also it, it gets your content across other audiences because they're obviously sharing what they're doing with their audience and tweeting it out and linking it out as well. 
Of course. And the podcasters and bloggers, whoever ends up coming to that site, there's a very good chance they know at least one of those guys. And that brings authority and legitimacy to my product. Exactly. Like when I checked out blogging.org, one of like the first thing that popped out to me was Neil Patel and Syed Bulky because I know those guys. I know who they are. I'm very familiar with their names. And that added instant credibility. I'm like, okay, so this isn't just some guy teaching me how to blog. This is some guy. There's social proof here that other people have said that this guy's credible and instantly that makes me feel more comfortable about pushing the button and signing up. Exactly. There's a lesson in that for all of us kids. I hope you're listening. Um, so for those who are, for those who have a blog and who are in the B2B space, like our audience, we're selling WordPress websites to clients and we're trying to use blogging to position ourselves as an authority. What's like the number one thing that we should be doing in terms of, you know, streamlining the kind of content that we're putting out there? Because one of the things I see a lot is I see a lot of WordPress consultants blogging about plugins and theme frameworks and they all kind of end up looking and sounding the same. So how can we differentiate ourselves through our blog? Yeah, definitely. The easy answer is to find out who's doing the best and do it better. And if the person who's doing it the best is only doing text, then you need to be doing text, video, uh, infographics, interviews. You can pretty much take over any industry by putting enough effort into it and establishing yourself as an expert. Because how many times can someone write the top 10 WordPress plugins to install after you install WordPress? And there's going to be a million different articles out there, but whoever ranks on that first page for Google, those are the ones who are going to benefit from it. So the best way to do this is to create the best content. And once that content is created, don't write about that topic again. Instead, promote that content. Go to all the other WordPress sites out there, ask to write a guest post for them, create an infographic for them, do whatever you can to get them to link back to that article and tell everybody else that's reading their blog that that's a valuable resource. So you get all these other high quality sites to link back to you that starts ranking you higher in the search results and you're actually moving way past your competition. You only have to write one article. You don't need to write a blog post every single day. It's all about creating quality content and then putting in the promotion to make sure people find that article. That's, yeah, that is so right. I remember when I first started learning CSS, right? I would Google around for, you know, how to create rounded corners with CSS. And there would be like the first page of Google would have all these results. What I realized is that every single one of those articles was linking back to the source which was usually CSS tricks with Chris Coyier, right? You probably don't know what I'm talking about here, but everyone everyone listening will know what I'm talking about. And so what would happen is all these other websites would just create a little post going, hey, if you want to create rounded corners with CSS, here's how you do it. And they'd put the, the code snippet in there and then they'd all say original source CSS tricks. And so Chris Coyier was was creating the authority content and then all of these other websites were basically linking to his content. Yeah, it's the perfect model. It works. You're providing value. It doesn't cost any money to have people to link back to you. And it just, once you kick it off, it works for itself because other people are going to find it again and then they're going to start writing about you. And it just kind of takes off on its own. So focus on creating that original content that people find value in and make it shareable for people. Make it easy for them to share it on Twitter, Facebook, link to it from your website, respond to the comments that are coming to your site, put yourself out there. Don't just create something and hope it actually turns into something. Awesome. I love it. Hey, we should do the elevation round. Um, For those that don't know, WP Elevation is a business accelerator program for WordPress consultants. So if you want to grow your WordPress consulting business and position yourself as the authority and own your niche, then WPElevation.com is the place for you. I'm going to ask Zach a series of quick questions about uh, WordPress freelancing and consulting. And Zach is going to give us some quick uh, quick answers off the top of his head. All right. uh, Zach, what is the number one thing any freelancer or consultant 
consultant needs to know? Stand out from the crowd. Get people's attention because you have the whole world going against you. You got to be the best. Awesome. Great advice. What's the best thing you've ever done to find new customers? I wrote a tutorial on how to make money online. People followed it, ended up generating over $3 million. Other people found out about it. They went through the process as well. It just keeps working. That is nuts, man. How do you stop competing on price? If you're that good in the industry, you know what you're doing. You don't have to compete on price. Just continually approach new people, take in new opportunities, and don't sell yourself short. Yeah, it's really good advice. It's, you know, if you're competing on price, start talking to new, start talking to new new customers because you're talking to the wrong people. Right. Uh, any tips on writing better proposals? Uh, not so much proposals, but get people out there to vouch for you. Like we were just talking about blogging.org. Yeah. I have quotes on there from all the top people in the industry. I don't need to write up a proposal to try and get people to join. They can clearly see that it works from the other people vouching for me. Yeah, and that is really good advice. I can tell you that the last half a dozen projects we've done here in-house for clients, I haven't had to write a proposal because the, the leads have come in so well referred from other people that the proposal is just irrelevant. Uh, do, you have a, do you have a favorite tool or system for customer relationship management? I'm just going to say WordPress because since 2007, it's the only thing I've used. Wow. Awesome. Cool. Uh, good answer. What's the best way to keep a project and a client on track? Treat it like it's your kid or whatever, because you're the one who's ultimately responsible for it. Whether you're putting the work in or hiring someone to actually get it done, don't let somebody else take over it. Treat it like it's yours and only yours. Yeah. Bit of uh, bit of TLC. Uh, any ideas for getting referrals? <laughs> Uh, again, this industry is all about helping other people. So whenever I do a podcast with someone, we basically both say, can I help you with anything? And they say, can I help you with anything? So even if not right away on that uh, phone call, you're going to be shooting an email out. So build out a connection of networks. Don't always ask, but always try and give. Awesome. And uh, what is, final question, what is the number one thing you can do to differentiate yourself? Pretty much a summary of everything I talked about. Put yourself out there, provide the best vault, the best value and stand out from the crowd by over delivering, do it better than your competition and do something creative because ZachJohnson.com, I got that cartoon guy with the crown, that's me. And when I came out with that in 2007, everybody was talking about that. And still eight years later, everybody in the industry recognizes that as me. So don't just create a blog, make it look boring, make a little logo or something, just do something different and make it creative. Awesome. Hey, uh, thank you for getting us through the elevation round. What's the future for Zach Johnson and blogger.org? Where do you think this whole thing will be in another 12 months time? Yeah. So the cool thing about the internet is you never know what's next. And if you have a blog and you're out there, new opportunities are coming in all the time. But right now my focus is on blogging.org. I'm growing out the community. I'm doing webinars. I'm showing people how to make money online, start a blog, whatever they want to do. I'm making it easy for them. So I'm trying to grow out blogging.org as one of the top blogging and make money resources online. Cool. Um, that's a nice segue into our competition this week. Zach has very kindly offered to give away a free consulting session with himself, a blogging consulting session. So I imagine this is going to be jumping on Skype and tearing down your blog and, and helping you put it back together and giving you some advice on where you can improve. So Zach wants to know what is the number one thing that is holding you back from getting started? So if you have a WordPress consulting business or you're about to start one or you're thinking of starting one and you're not sure how to go about starting to put yourself out there and start producing content to 
attract customers. Tell us the number one reason, the number one thing that's holding you back from getting started. Leave that comment underneath this episode, which you can find at wpelevation.com slash Zach Johnson. And that is Z-A-C-J-O-H-N-S-O-N. Zach Johnson, all one word. Uh, Leave a comment under the podcast and I'll get Zach to swing by in a couple of weeks and award that prize. Sound good, man? Sounds awesome. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much for spending some time with us on the WP Elevation podcast. I really appreciate you uh, teaching us about blogging and content marketing. And uh, as I said, I'm uh, very jealous to have a look through your guest list, man. I've got a lot of these guests on my list to approach over the next uh, over the next few months to get on the WP Elevation podcast. So hats off to you, man. You're doing a great job. And uh, thank you very much for spending some time with us. Uh, where can people reach out and say thanks? Yeah, so if they want to search for me online, just type in Zach Johnson in Google. You'll find me all over the place. I'm not the golfer who probably will come up eventually. <laughs> so <Sorry>. you. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at ZachJohnson.com, blogging.org, Rise of the Entrepreneur on iTunes. And like I said, I'm pretty much Zach Johnson everywhere else. Beautiful. We'll make sure all that stuff is in the show notes. ZachJohnson.com, blogging.org, and Rise of the Entrepreneur is the podcast on iTunes. Uh, hey, Zach, final question. Who would you like me to try and interview and why? If I had anybody that I could interview on the show, I would love for you to get them first. And that would be Shaquille O'Neal. Not because he is my favorite basketball player. And I got to meet him when I was in Orlando once. But he is also very good at business. A lot of people don't know this, but he owns like 155 guys restaurants. He owns a couple hotels. He has real estate all over the place. And he makes more money retired from basketball than when he was playing basketball. So he'd be amazing person to have on an entrepreneur based show. Yeah. You know, it's true. I've heard this about Shaquille actually. Someone was telling me about him recently about his business. He's so savvy with business. Uh, And so that is awesome. That is completely out of the box, left of center. No one has recommended a uh, former NBA star before. So Shaquille O'Neal, keep your eyes on your inbox or Twitter or somewhere because because I'm going to try and get you on the podcast uh, specifically for Zach Johnson, one of your biggest fans. So, hey, thanks, man. That's a great recommendation. I really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Cool, man. Well, again, thank you very much for spending some time with us. I really appreciate it. And uh, all the best with Zach Johnson and blogging.org over the the coming 12 months. And please keep in touch. Thanks. Appreciate it. And it's been a blast. Thanks, Zach. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the WP Elevation podcast. Of course, this podcast is brought to you by Video User Manuals. You can get the plug-in for just $1 for your first month by going to videousermanuals.com slash podcast. Please subscribe to the WP Elevation podcast at iTunes or Stitcher. And if you like what we're doing, please give us a rating and a review. Everything uh, from this episode will be in the show notes. All the links and everything we spoke about will be in the show notes that you can find at wpelevation.com slash Zach Johnson. That's Z-A-C. J-O-H-N-S-O-N, all one word, all lowercase, no spaces or underscores or hyphens. And remember to leave your comment underneath this episode of the podcast and tell Zach the number one thing holding you back from getting started at making your blog successful. And I'll get Zach to swing by in a couple of weeks and uh, award that prize. And also, let us know what you think of the audio-only podcast. That's right. We are an audio-only podcast these days. Uh, We just figured that hardly anyone was watching the video, so it wasn't worth uh, editing the videos together. We are an audio-only podcast. Tell us what you think about that. And next week on the podcast, I'm very pleased to bring you Jason Resnick. So stick around for that. Hey, until next week, I'm Troy Dean. Go Elevate. Go Elevate.